Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada and around the globe. It is a pleasure being your host again today. And this show is going to wrap up, oh, you know, where things are at, where things are going, and then we'll go into next week, we will spill over into exactly what there is left that we can do about it. I brought you the history of mind control. Yes, that's what PSYOPs is. The history of PSYOPs. The history of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. The history of globalism. The history of climate control the Green Movement, and Climate Change, and the History of the Fall Civilizations, along with the History of Money. I've brought you the History of Banking. I've brought you the History of the Federal Reserve. And all those things are coming together now. It is the point of control that we will accept or that we will say no to. I will not comply. And then, of course, we'll have the rest of the story on how this all works and what foxes guard the hen house of banking. Before we get into the show and the rat-a-tat-tat that will follow the, the meat of the matter today, let's talk about the founders. I'm actually going to give you several quotes today. One I've given you before, several are new, but all tie in because this is a multi-pronged attack. This is a multi-pronged intrusion into our property and our lives and our liberty and our constitution and our country and American values. And it's all coming down to money. John Adams, but a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty, once lost, is lost forever. John Adams, a new one for you. The moment the idea is admitted into society that property is not as sacred as the law of God and that there is not a force of law and public justice to protect it, anarchy and tyranny commence. And the last one, which I've brought you before, fear is the foundation of most governments, unquote. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty here of where all these previous historical stories I've brought you are culminating, converging right now in a way that's intentionally meant to affect your life and your liberty and your property, and before we get into what I promised last week, which is the history of the control of money. Let's have a little fun with the ranch story today. And there is definitely a moral here. So the weather report for the last week or so was saying, you know, there's the possibility of a decent sized spring storm coming in. And then it kind of, the cadence kind of came up. Oh, you know, this is probably going to be a winter storm. And then the cadence became more strident from the weather service. You know, stockmen take notice. Travelers take notice. But they were still predicting, you know, three to five inches one night, three to five inches the next day. I mean, you know, manageable amounts, particularly out here in the sticks where you're pretty well equipped to handle it. But then it started to snow. Oh, yes. Not to mention temperatures in the teens. Welcome to spring in Wyoming. And it snowed and it snowed and it blowed and it blowed. And we got three feet, give or take an inch. You know, what's 35 to 37 inches amongst friends. Fortunately, the snow was a little bit on the heavy side. And fortunately, we didn't get huge winds with it, although supposedly they're now coming. So we didn't have drifts over five feet because they can get up to eight, nine, ten. 
I mean, it's amazing. And we plowed our brains out over several days, keeping just the internal roads in the ranch open. Not that it mattered much. We're many miles out of town, and the plows couldn't get out on the quote-unquote main road that services this ranch and several others. That should all be sorted out, kind of in the next few days. But you know, in advance of the storm, we put out, oh, a big bale of hay for the horses. The uh, winter cows have already moved off of here, so that's good. We put out mineral tubs. We battened down the hatches of buildings, covered the machines that we needed to be rapidly pressed into service without spending an hour brushing them off from whatever snow might fall. But all the time, not expecting three feet of snow and five or six foot drifts. And as I broadcast this to you today, we're in pretty good shape. Other than once you hit the main road, you can't go anywhere because it's not plowed. And basically, this whole swath of central Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, the Dakotas, is ground to a standstill. Everything is closed. Nobody can get around. But of course, we were stocked up for that. And the snow was coming so hot and heavy that I actually had to shovel. There's kind of a front patio to the ranch house. I shoveled that five times. And I'm going to have to shovel to six just because of wind that's blown off the roof. Not complaining about the exercise, mind you. Just saying. And the moral of this story is that no matter how prepared you are, no matter the information that's given to you, something unexpected will occur. But it's nothing that can't be handled if you approach it logically, practically, without panic, without fear, and employ your logic and common sense. And I'll see if we can't put a picture or two of this spring snowstorm on the website for you, on the rightsideradio.com. I think you'll get a grin. Before we get into the meat and potatoes today, I've gotten a bunch of emails from people saying, what do you think of the Trump thing? What do you think of Trump being indicted? And folks, number one, I'm not jumping to any conclusions. I'm not going to go off and say what if and this and that and the other. It's not how I do it. That's not why you listen to me. You want to listen to a whole bunch of surmise, conjecture, most of which is proven to be wrong. Down the road, you know, listen to somebody else. The bottom line is, you know all about the Trump thing. We're wasting our time to discuss it here again. The Trump deal in Manhattan, and it's probably going to occur in Georgia and who knows where else, is a distraction. It's the shiny silver object being used to divert your attention from what matters. What matters is your preparations, your safety, your property, your family, your faith, and security, both physical and otherwise. That's where the really, really, really big events are occurring right now. Not being covered by the mainstream media or being covered with misinformation, disinformation, and omission of critical information. We all know that Trump is Trump. The left is the left. Soros is lawless and anti-American. The prosecutors and others that he has put into office by throwing money around are as lawless and un-American as he is. They are all anti-constitutional. They don't care about the law. They don't care about equity in terms of justice, the equal application of justice. And they will lie, they will concoct, they will conjure, and they will hide to get done what their ideological obsessions compel them to do. We all know it's wrong. We all know it's political. We all know that if his name wasn't Trump, if he wasn't a conservative, none of this would be happening. That's really all we need to know right now. It'll play out the way it plays out over, I'm sure, an appeal and maybe even a Supreme Court deal down the road. In the meantime, don't be distracted by the Trump stuff 
or by anything like it, is to get your eyes off the corruption and the treason, starting at cadaver, filtering out through, unfortunately, almost every level of government, every agency, not just federal, but in some cases state, and in some cases local, is to get your eyes off of what China is doing to our currency and our economy, right? All wars are economic, which we're going to talk about in part today, is to get your mind off of preparing yourself for what they have planned so that you can fight it, so that you can say no or no, I will not comply and say it with relative comfort. It's about taking steps to safeguard your property, your assets, your freedom, and your family. And that is what we're going to focus on. The big, really, really important things, not the distractions that will work themselves out over time, and which really, if you boil it down, knowing all the things I just gave you, is a bunch of clickbait to drive ratings and a bunch of political grandstanding. And do I think it's outrageous, illegal, unconstitutional, unconscionable, unfair, un-American? And does my heart go out to Trump for being persecuted like this? Absolutely. That does not change the fact this is a distraction from the things which are critically important right now. So let's talk about them. Now let's get into the meat of our story today, shall we? And it is our collective story. It is the American story, and it is evolving as I speak to you rapidly. So if you remember back to the history of money shows, I did several pretty fascinating stuff back in January on the rightsideradio.com. Let's just recap really quickly the history of money on a very, very broad brush term. Money is valuable as a unit of account, right? It's the socially accepted standard by which things are priced and how things are bought and transferred and traded. The very earliest forms of money were things from nature, things like cowrie shells. And then coins evolved. And by the way, who were the first to mint coins? Ah, the Chinese, many thousands of years ago. And the store of wealth they use in those coins, amongst other metals, minerals, and compounds, were gold and silver. And here we are, many thousands of years later, and as you will glean from what I'm about to share with you, we have come full circle back to the creation of new currency by China. The coins were supplemented by leather money, where you could print denominations and trade little bits of shaped leather. And then that was replaced, or not replaced, but should we say supplemented, by paper money, because it was easier to carry around than a bunch of heavy coins. And then the paper money was tied to the precious metals, particularly gold, and to a lesser extent, silver. And then the paper money and the metal money became credit cards with an intricate payment system. You charge at the vendor, the vendor submits the charge electronically to its bank, its bank submits the charge to your bank, etc., 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 and the same with payments. And then it converted, starting, oh, you know, 10 years ago or so, really, and gathering increasing momentum, as we will discuss today, into kind of digital forms of money transfer. No credit cards, no paper, no silvers, no golds, no other store of value, just poof, the internet, and blockchain technology, like Bitcoin, and what's coming at you. And over time, as money developed, Banks developed a place to loan money, places to store money. And then central banks evolved, as we have discussed over the past month or two. And that was a way to control banks. In other words, banks controlled money, central banks controlled banks. And unfortunately, central banks have now been corrupted by governments and ideology. Even though the central banks, folks, very important point, 
are not government institutions. They are privately owned. And who are they owned by? Oh, the two big to fail banks. Hmm. We'll be discussing that. In fact, let's get into that and the last 10 years of history of the control of money and where we are, the precipice of where we are on the ultimate control of money. So monetary policy, that's the policy that's adopted by a monetary authority. In other words, the Federal Reserve to control either the interest rates that people are paying for short-term borrowings or borrowings by banks from each other or from the Federal Reserve itself for their short-term needs, right? Fed funds rate or the money supply. How much money is out there? Quantitative tightening, quantitative easing, printing and buying bonds, not printing, reselling bonds. We went over all this the last three or four shows. History of banking, history of the Federal Reserve, and in January, history of money on the rightsideradio.com. Listen to those shows. Now, monetary policy, folks, is different than fiscal policy. That relies on taxation, government spending, government borrowing. In other words, ideology. Who's in charge? How much they're taking out of your pocket, how much they're spending, and what they're spending it on. Right now, both are money. Remember, all wars are economic. That means domestic wars between opposing ideologies, and that means international wars between countries or groups of countries. Right now, our money, right, the means of exchange, is under attack internationally through the (laughs) fiscal policies, the misplaced fiscal policies on energy and the completely fabricated Green New Deal panic we're all going to burn in nine years. I mean, they said that 40, 50 years ago. And it's under attack via inflation, the printing of money and the use of money, and the bills that have been passed by our government of trillions upon trillions of dollars that we don't have. And and based on the increase in our debt, and our banking system is under attack. It's under attack, again, internationally, right? All wars are economic. It began with the nail in the coffin of the dollar, even though a long, slow death. And that is the detachment of the dollar from the gold peg by Richard Nixon, August 15th, 1971. And then it continued with an assault of regulation. It is and has been under attack internally ever going all the way back to 1977. I told you all about it the Community Reinvestment Act, and then accelerating with the Dodd-Frank Act in 2010. And now with these shifting policies against more than 100 years of predicate by the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, that moron Yellen, as to what deposits they're going to insure and how much of those deposits for their buddies and for their friends and for this bank but not for this bank, etc. And those two components, the attack on money and the attack on the banking system, is an attack on the economy, which is you and me. Let's talk about your family's safety. If you listen to this show, you know our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. There's been 70 physical attacks on grid stations and countless cyber attacks in the last year. Imagine a blackout lasting days, weeks, months. Look around your house. Water, refrigeration, heat, light would be poof. That's why having your own portable solar power and not relying on a government grid is critical. With a Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that's quick, easy, portable, on the go, or even inside. And though only the size of a lunchbox, it's powerful. It'll power your phones, your medical devices, even a mini-fridge. 
a free solar panel, free shipping, and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. You can get 10% off your purchase using the code RIGHTSIDE at checkout. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Use the code RIGHTSIDE. Get 10% off. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Protect you. Protect your family. And there's many other attacks within the economy which are related to but are not directly money or banking, fiscal or monetary policy. Think about what they're doing to screw up the supply chain, all of which could be corrected easily. Think about what they're doing to undermine agriculture, your food supply. Think about the screws that the EPA is tightening on water supplies and distribution. But those are topics that we have covered and we're going to cover in more depth in the future. Let's focus on money and banking. One of the ways they can increase the effect of all these forces that are attacking our money and attacking our banking system, international energy, inflation, expenditure, budgeting, bills, printing of money, etc., 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 unequal application of the law, you know, like Trump, except in this case through the FDIC about who's insured and who's not. They can do it by tweaking each one of these, or should we say giving them fuel, like adding gas to a fire, through regulations or executive orders, even though they're illegal until they're thrown out by a court. The damage is done. The pill has been ingested, the poison pill. And it's all being done for a reason. None of this is an accident. Think about the quotes from John Adams. Think about my little ranch story today of getting ready for the storm. They want fewer, bigger banks which are in bed with them. They don't want to just control your wants. They want to control your needs. The roof over your head, the fuel you use to heat and travel with, and the food that you eat, not to mention the water that you drink. And this can all be done through money and banks. They want to corral you through psyops into a few big banks, removing all those pesky little banks, those 4,000 that remain out there who don't think quite like the feds do, and who finance agricultural and Main Street, the enemies of the collective. And they want to control what your money is, whether or not it's a dollar bill in your pocket or something else, i.e. a digital dollar. And finally, they want to control how much of those dollars, reconstituted as they may be, out of the banks, as few as there may be remaining, you can use when and for what. And this is just the domestic equation, right? This is the war of ideologies, the war of the government on its people, in fact, not just the United States, but throughout the Western world. I'm going to give you some examples here in just a minute. But then you have the international factor, which could render all this moot if there's no America and we're all speaking Chinese. Did you know that over the last month, gold has gone up like $175 plus? Did you know silver has gone up uh, 5 or $6, give or take? These are astronomical percentages. I think 13%, 19%. This is over 30 days. Now, yes, some of it is fear triggered by the collapse of the banks, which, by the way, were also engineered, could have been avoided, brought you that story. They're engineered by the PSYOPs. And the reality of other banks, you know, I told you five years ago to watch Credit Suisse, and I've been warning about Credit Suisse all the way through, where it relates to the banking system, and of course, Credit Suisse collapsed and was taken over by UBS in a 50 cents on the dollar shotgun marriage. I've warned you about Deutsche Bank, and Deutsche Bank is teetering. I'm going to warn you today about Toronto Dominion Bank, which also has structural problems and a, a stock which is selling off rapidly. 
Do you notice something about all these banks? They're all huge banks. Silicon Valley was the 17th largest. First Republic, which is in trouble, is, I think, in the top 20. Toronto Dominion's one of the top 10, I believe, in the world. Yet, the message from the government and from the banking system is, oh, get all your money out of the little banks and get it into the big banks where it's safe and it might be insured. These are the same people, folks, who told you that the jab would stop you from getting COVID and stop you from transmitting it to grandma. There's the same people who said they wouldn't regulate gas stoves, but then two weeks later came out with gas stove regulations. They're the people who said they're only going to raise taxes on the rich. Nobody under a $400,000 income is going to pay additional taxes. Well, we've been through that rigmarole. These are the people who told you that the elections, which put them in power, were the cleanest, fairest, most honest election undertakings in the history of the planet. And these are the people who say that your health, safety, and welfare is foremost in their mind, particularly when it comes to taking away your guns, or the border is under control, or Russia colluded with Trump, or inflation is transitory, or their bills and spending have nothing to do with monetary policy, fiscal policy, or the downgrading of the dollar, or that the Chinese balloon was not collecting intelligence. I got some rat-a-tat-tat on that for you today. And I can go on and on. I gave you a long list four weeks ago of major items. I mean, you could spend three of these shows just going down the list of their blatant, absolute, knowing lies to you. So get prepared in this conundrum of attack through monetary policy, fiscal policy on your money and the banks, and then all the things that flow out from them with another raft of lies. The only way to control inflation is to have CBDC. The only way to know that there's not going to be a run on your bank is to have digital currency. The only way we can protect your deposits is to have them all in six big banks, which we happen to control. In fact, the same banks that run the Federal Reserve. You know, the shareholders. Oh, what a coincidence. And this is the only way we can put the dollar back on its feet to fight our foreign adversaries, Russia, 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 and China, who's really just a competitor and, you know, pays the Bidens a monthly allowance, which we don't want to interfere with. Which brings us to the international front. First, these systemic problems with the money and the banks really could be pretty easily fixed, or at least on the road to fixing. We're going to talk about that next week in detail. But secondly, this weakness, coupled with military weakness, the woke policies of these morons who are currently running the military, Secretary of Dense Austin and China Mark Milley, along with the pathetic retreat from Afghanistan and others that go way back in time from the fall Saigon to Benghazi and then compounded by the debacle in Ukraine. The blatant mismanagement, intentional or incompetent, doesn't matter, of the banks and the money here in the United States and the economy. And the use of the dollar arrogantly and improperly as a weapon for sanctions and systems, etc., against countries around the world has led to a rebellion on the planet Earth against the United States by virtually every other country. And the only countries that are still sticking with us are the ones that really don't have a choice. And China is only too happy to capitalize on this because, well, you know what they want. Bye-bye America. Hello, China. And remember, 
all wars are economic. What a feather in Xi's hat to bring down China's arch enemy and the only thing blocking Chinese ascendancy to supreme in the world without firing a shot. All too ably assisted by the pompous elites of the Western world from the WEF to its puppets in Canada, America, and throughout Europe. We're going to go over this in detail next week because you need to understand what's happening with this alternative currency, how quickly it is coming together, how quickly the BRICS alliance is expanding, coalescing, growing ever more powerful in every single level. So I'm just going to give you a little taste right now. And all of this is woven together, stitched together by China's Belt and Road Initiative, which you've heard about, but I'm going to explain to you in detail next week. But it's an initiative of cooperation, of mutual benefit in transportation, communication, military, economy, industrialization, energy, you name it. And now in currency, a currency the opposite of and in direct competition with the dollar. Just in the last several months, folks, the last 60 days, and by the way, half of this has happened in the last two weeks. That's why gold's going up. There are 12 more nations wanting to join BRICS. There's a number of nations that have joined BRICS. Remember, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. There's a host of nations now beginning to trade oil in currencies other than the dollar which is really, really, really not good for the petrodollar as the reserve currency of the world. Saudi Arabia has cut back oil as of four days ago. Told you energy prices are going to go up. To the West, an increased oil supply to China, and they're taking Chinese yuan in payment, and they're building a $10 billion refinery in China to make sure that they can process all the oil they're going to sell China into stuff that China can use to industrialize while we suck our thumb and have windmills. Even Turkey has applied, has applied, has a, Turkey's a NATO member, has applied to the BRICS. As has, by the way, Ukraine. And all this is being hastened by internal purposeful regulations and a C-team like Janet Yellen. I mean, she is the Kamala Harris of the Treasury. Let's take a look at some of these, and this is this recent history I told you about. Our internal stabs to our own heart. Number one, you have the Dodd-Frank bill. The Dodd-Frank bill created a stress test even for little banks. Well, you know, your little mainstream bank on whom you depend for your local needs and for your small business, they had to hire a whole bunch of people to do all this complex stuff for the stress tests, which were the same stress tests that were administered to like JP Morgan and Chemical Bank and all that kind of stuff and Chase Manhattan. And with the extra expense of complying with regulations, which were totally unnecessary for the little banks, they had to make loans. Not all of them, some of them. And some of those loans were in commercial real estate. And some of those loans were in cars, both of which are cratering right now because of what? Oh, that's right. The fiscal and monetary policies that affect the currency and the banks. I want to urge you, you keep your money in your community bank. I mean, obviously, if it's in trouble, I mean trouble. I don't mean rumors or some talking head on MSNBC telling you to put your money in Bank of America. Then you have to do what you have to do. But most of the community banks do not have big exposure to those sectors of the economy which are cratering. Some of the regional banks do. You have to assess each one. For instance, Ally Bank, it's like its whole portfolio is auto loans, which are obviously are in trouble. 
There's several other banks on the watch list which are heavily invested in mortgages. Also, you know, real estate is a problem. But your local community bank is you, folks. It's your town. It's your community. It's your business. It's the businesses of all your friends and your community. Once again, told you about this before. Weiss Ratings, W-E-I-S-S, will give you the ratings and the comparative ratings for banks like it for all banks in the United States. Use it. There's a reason they want you out of your local bank and into their clutches in the six big banks. Is this becoming clear? Taking money out of your local bank right now is like believing them when they tell you that the jab and the mask and the lockdown is safe and effective. And let me point out that there is no way in hell that there is enough money to bail out any of the too big to fail banks. Period. Which brings us to regulation number one we're going to talk to. Barack Obama's insertion into the Dodd-Frank and the TARP acts. We'll call it the bail-in provision. Now, all the left-wingers say this doesn't exist, and, you know, the fact-checkers say it's wrong. Let me tell you, it does exist. And that allows a bank under certain conditions. And if you don't believe me, look at Title II of the Dodd-Frank Act. When you open a checking or savings account, folks, at any bank, you technically don't own your money anymore. What you own is an IOU issued by that bank. Now, would you rather your neighbor issue the IOU, the guy that you know and have coffee with? Or maybe uh, Jamie up there in New York on his private Learjet. And in a bail-in, the banks and the big banks will do it in a heartbeat, folks. Can you spell digital currency? Oh, we're going to take your cash. We're going to give you a stock in this failing bank. We're going to save the taxpayers all this money because... The depositors just bailed out the bank so we don't have to go to the taxpayers. And oh, by the way, here's your digital currency back representing your deposit. I mean, I'm simplifying, but do you get the picture? How much easier is that to do to everybody if they're in six banks rather than 4,500 banks? Or if the phone call to launch the program is to Jamie or his five cronies, who are also the owners of the Federal Reserve, or arguing with some local bank trying to protect its depositors, who are the president's neighbors, saying, no, I will not comply. Do not fall for the fear. Remember the line from John Adams. Government governs via fear. Do not give in to it. And then we have Fed OP1670. Told you a little bit about this last week. Here is the expansion that I promised you. Very recently, like in the last year and a half, the Fed published a rule called OP1670. And that was based on recommendations, gee, after, right after the election of Donald Trump. In 2017, you know when Fauci started saying the next president was going to have a pandemic to deal with? Yeah, then, right around then. They published final guidelines for evaluating requests, I'm quoting now, for joint accounts at the reserve banks intended to facilitate settlement between and among banks, that means all banks, participating in private sector payment systems for faster payments. This was, quote, to facilitate private sector developments in faster payments and an arrangement using a joint account. Real-time settlement occurs on an internal ledger Ah, blockchain, digital, maintained by a private sector operator. Hmm, supported by funds that are held in an account at a reserve bank. Remember, we all need to go to the big banks so we can be safe, folks. For the joint benefit of the services participants. And for the privilege of being part of this brave new world, quote, each participant bank 
promises to develop an infrastructure to promote ubiquitous, safe, and efficient faster payments in the United States, unquote. And, of course, the whole thing is run by the Fed. Do you see the consolidation of power, the consolidation of banks, and the control and manipulation and change in your money? Remember the UCC I told you about, the fourth level of regulation, which they're trying to get done right now, that changes the definition of money? You know, the 200 pages, purposely 200 pages, so nobody will read it, that they sent out to all the state legislatures to get approved? You better talk to your legislature, folks. It better not be approved. And what does this allow the Fed to do? This allows the Fed to monitor and know every single transaction, either deposit or outflow, from every single check in every single account in every single one of what they want to be the few remaining banks. Which makes digital very easy for conversion, doesn't it? And makes tracking and slaps on the wrist. You can or can't do this. Or we like you or we don't. Much, much easier. And you think they're not thinking about how all this leads to A, more control, B, more consolidation, C, a change in money, and D, the digital net for your financial self? Well, let me bring you to the next level of recent regulation. And the last, for this show anyway, Biden's executive order. Oh, yes. Order 14067. In fact, March 9th, 2022, just about a year ago. Let me read you the title. Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. And what this is all about, you can go to the Federal Register, read it for yourself. It is about the development of a, quote, U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency, unquote, the CBDC. And in this order... Cadaver instructs the federal government to explore, quote, the possible uses of and regulations for digital assets. Quote, my administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options. Oh, I think we just got through talking about that. Of a United States CBDC, unquote. Quote, we know the implications of potentially issuing a digital dollar are profound. They're extraordinarily wide-ranging, unquote. Oh, really? <laughs> well, thank you for telling us that. Of course, they will tell you when they're trying to do the conversion how it's extraordinarily safe and beneficial to you, when, of course, it is extraordinarily just the opposite. And by the way, to tie all this stuff together, the Fed, our buddies at the Fed, issued what's called a white paper. You know, it's kind of a policy-making paper. In January, that's two months ago, folks, about potentially, quote, creating a CBDC that would complement existing payment systems. A CBDC could make payments cheaper and easier for consumers, etc., etc., etc. Oh, well, <laughs> do you see how this net is tightening? Do you see how you're kind of being pushed like the little sheeple they think you are toward the corral of complete financial control? Next week, again, we're going to talk very important about what we can do to derail this. What we need to do to not only say, but to affect no, and I will not comply. And we're going to talk about several really big picture fixes for the money, which we've talked about now, and the banking system, which we've talked about right now, and the change they're trying to make to both, which we've kind of just wrapped up for you. I think you'll find the solutions head-scratching. 
and I think the more you think about them, you will be in agreement with me as to what they need to be. So I think by now you have a pretty good feel of how all this is structured, at least generally. But the rest of the story is that the fox who guards the hen house of banking, monetary, and fiscal policy, other than the government and its ideological nuts, are the six big too big to fail banks and their cohorts. How does that work, you say? Well, the Fed is a private corporation. In fact, each of the 12 district Feds, the regional Feds, are private corporations. And these corporations are governed by a board of directors. And the board of directors, the FOMC, remember the history of the Fed, are actually a government agency. So there's a government agency that oversees these private corporations, which are the Federal Reserve Banks. And the Federal Reserve Banks, the members of the Federal Reserve Banks, i.e. the shareholders, the other banks, elect six of the 12 members of the Grand Poobah of the FOMC at the very top of the pyramid. The rest are appointed by the government. But you said the big banks, not not all banks that are members of the Federal Reserve, kind of control the Federal Reserve. Well, let me tell you how that works. So every member bank of the Federal Reserve or the Federal Regional Reserves, they have to hold capital stock in their particular Federal Reserve Bank, their regional bank, in an amount equal to, and I quote, 6% of its combined capital and surplus, excluding retained earnings, with 3% of that capital paid in and the remaining 3% on call if the Fed needs it. The community banks, the little banks, get an annual dividend of 6%. Now think about this. Think about how big the behemoth too big to fail banks are. How much capital they have. How much surplus they have. Think about all the little banks. How much less they have. It's real easy under this formula The huge preponderance of stock in the regional Federal Reserves and the main Federal Reserve is held by the CFI banks, the too-big-to-fail banks, the banks they're trying to corral you into moving all your money to. Now, let's do some rat-a-tat-tat, shall we? And some of these stories will tie right into the meat and potatoes we just went over. Others will simply boggle your mind. So it comes out, like all the rest of the lies, that there's not 9,000 unused federal permits out there, and that's why they don't have to do any more leasing for oil and gas. No, actually it's 7,000, and a whole bunch of them, thousands, are tied up in litigation or require other stages of permitting out there on federal lands. Wow, they forgot to tell us that. Gaslighting the oil industry and gaslighting the American public. That's what they do well. I talked in the main body of the show about the Saudis going to China, taking payment in yuan for oil, building the refinery, and OPEC cutting back on oil production, which, by the way, is going to drive the hell out of prices. It's 1.2 million barrels a day they're cutting back, folks. Figure another dollar per gallon at the pump when you fill your vehicle. And by the way, since this dries up the price of oil, who does that benefit? Oh yeah, Russia. You know, that outfit on the other side of Ukraine. Oh, well, this is just working out dandy. Either Americans are really, really wanting to travel or maybe some of them are going, you know, this place is, it has problems. Because applications for passports are at an all-time high. 500,000 a month. That's That's 6 million passports a year. And usually, the big rush for passports, which is not that high, is from like March to about June or July. This year, it's been all the way through and accelerating. Hmm. 
So I am sure some of my listeners drink beer, actually half beer, and I'm under the table, so I don't. But I bet some of you are Bud fans. Well, have you seen the new Budweiser commercial, the new spokesperson? Yeah, it's a person by the name of Dylan Mulvaney, who, by the way, is a trans influencer and a transgender, I don't know if it's a man to a woman or a woman to a man, I have no idea. But that's the new spokesperson for Bud Light. You know, maybe they should change their slogan, this Bud's not for you. And if you're wondering about how that ties into the banking system, let me give you some edification, because we're going to talk about ESG in depth when we talk about solutions next week. So our buddies there at Silicon Valley Bank, right? The bank that went under, the 17th largest bank and blah, 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 blah who managed to get all their Democratic shareholders and media people bailed out 100% on their deposits over 250000 Here's what they were focusing on. And I should tell you that it's now come out that the chief administrative officer for SVP was the chief financial officer for Lehman Brothers Global Investment Bank. Yeah, you know, that Lehman Brothers. Think 2007-2008 collapse. And here was the edicts from the top levels of that bank over what their employees were supposed to focus on. Not safeguarding deposits, not making money, not making sure there's no risk in investments, but ESG. Sustainable Finance Group develops strategy and monitors programs against SVB's climate commitment. The next one, Investments Group reviews updates from our businesses on sustainability and investing initiatives and client engagement, particularly in green energy. Climate Risk Group recommends, monitors, and supports implementation of climate risks. Operational Climate Group monitors implementation of operational greenhouse gas reduction initiatives. ESG Communications and Disclosures Group recommends ESG disclosure strategy. Risk Group (laughs) I guess they were asleep with the switch, develops, monitors, and supports implementation of ESG risk strategy and policy. Oh, that's why they lost billions. I got it. DEI, right, diversity, equity, and inclusion, folks. Governance Group oversees and manages DEI disclosures and response to external inquiries. And then, of course, the green team focuses on internal sustainability interests and activities. Is there any reason this bank went broke? You know, go woke, go broke. And speaking of, you know, ESG and DEI, it's now come out that the Department of Defense has spent this year $523 million, folks, that's million dollars, half a billion, on ESG and DEI and blah, 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 blah. And Lloyd Austin, even with this in black and white, I mean, Here's the numbers, here's the transactions, the whole nine yards. He goes to Congress and he denies that he's in favor of the funding. Gee, I thought he kind of ran the show. Isn't that what Secretary of Dents does? And he denies there's been drag queen shows, which there have been. And he denies there's DEI staff that are getting paid. And he also can't explain why their hypersonic test missile failed. Oh, that's great. Russia has one, China has one, but we don't. And then, of course, after being hit in the face with these facts and figures and continuing the denial, think about Alinsky's Handbook for Radicals. Deny, 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 no matter what, deny. He mentions that there may be a problem with funding to rebuild the ammunition stockpiles that have been sent to Ukraine. Oh, well, $523 billion for DEI. Am I making some correlation here that he's not? And by the way, to add insult to injury, on the day of these hearings, 
the Taliban had a massive parade there in Afghanistan using all the wonderful equipment that Cadaver and Secretary of Dense Austin left behind, neatly stacked and cleaned by orders of the commanding general over there. And then last but not least, since we're running out of time, reparations, right? You have reparations going on, actually going on now, in I think 15 or 17 cities and or counties and or locations around the United States, being studied by dozens more. And now they got some studies that they're trying to gin up in Congress at the federal level. Cadavers hinting about reparations. Remember digital currency, folks. You know, if they swap out one currency for another, think about everything we talked about in this show, they will control how much you get. If you have a dollar in the bank, they'll determine how much CBDC goodies you get digitally. And they'll also determine for somebody who, shall we say, is entitled to reparations in their mind. Did you know the cadaver has now brought up, he wants a, a line item added to the census form. Remember, this is the same guy in party who absolutely went bonkers when Trump wanted to add a line item or add a line item back in that used to be in there about whether you were a legal citizen of the United States. Are you an illegal alien or are you a citizen? Seems kind of a reasonable question. Well, they wouldn't allow that, but they want to add a line item now that's, that asks if you are a descendant of a slave. Hmm, why would they be doing that? Next week, how we solve all this stuff. It won't be pretty, but it just might work. Look in the mirror, repeat with your family, and repeat with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Keep the wind at your back. The Solution Program, coming at you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side.